I'm Carson Horn, and it's Monday at 10, which means it's time for Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. So grab your toilet paper and let's get rolling. You know, there's few things in life that I hate more than being wrong. But I was wrong on Auburn's game on Saturday. I've been on a roll with my predictions, and I've been pretty fired up about that. I'm having my best year of predictions that I've had in, in a long time. But my feel wasn't quite correct on this game. Auburn lost 28-21 to to Ole Miss. We're going to recap that game and all that was and wasn't. And we're going to talk about Mississippi State coming up this weekend. Got a new segment as well. We're going to talk about what is the state of the Tigers. What's the fan base feeling? I, I put that feeler out on social media. We'll discuss that and we'll have predictions. You are listening to Talking Tumors. I am Carson Horn on this cool but pretty Monday morning here in Auburn, Alabama. Thank you all for tuning in, whether you're listening live or listening on podcasts. As always, we've got plenty to discuss, starting with this Ole Miss game that happened on Saturday night inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. It wasn't a great environment. If anyone had any doubts that it wouldn't be, well, you're not too familiar with Auburn football. Just because Auburn had lost three straight games did not mean that this, this crowd and environment wasn't going to be great for this game, and it was. It'll be the same way this Saturday when Mississippi State rolls into town. But unfortunately for the faithful, Auburn faithful that was there to watch this game, Auburn couldn't get it done. They lost 28-21, as I mentioned. Had a chance, had plenty of chances to win this game. They competed in this game, had a game going into the fourth quarter. Ole Miss scored going into the fourth quarter, and Auburn was just not able to get anything going offensively, and that was yet again the story for this Tigers team. They executed the keys to victory defensively, at least my keys, when when I looked at this game last week on the show and I, I went through if Auburn was going to win, what needed to happen. And defensively, they held Ole Miss to 28 points. I, I, I thought that Auburn needed to hold them to less than 30. They did that. They forced two turnovers, got two interceptions. That was crucial, huge for Auburn. And Ole Miss was 2-for-11 on third down. I talked about the importance of getting off the field on third down. They did all of those things. The defense, yet again, and, that, and, that, and that's why I feel for them. Yet again, they went out, they delivered, they put Auburn in a position to win, but the offense didn't execute. They did not execute their keys. They did not execute their game plan. Speaking of third down, this is a stat from Justin Ferguson, who does an awesome job writing for Auburn Observer. He said, in four conference games, Auburn's offense has gone just 12 of 53 on third down. That's just over 22%. That's on pace to be the worst mark for an SEC team in SEC play since Missouri in 2015. No other SEC team since 2009 has been that low. That was just one issue. For, for Auburn's offense, they finished with 275 yards of total offense. 115 of that came on the final two drives of the game. So you so you were looking at horrid numbers off, offensively in this game. So that that's 150 total yards of offense. Do the math for you there before the final two drives. There were only six pass attempts 
until the final two drives as well when Auburn down two touchdowns was forced to open it up and to go quickly offensively. I, I struggled preparing to figure out what I wanted to say this this week on the show about the offense just because what can I, I just thought what can I say that haven't that hasn't already been said what can I say that's different from from last week nothing really seemed to change that much the only real change that maybe that I could I could see was maybe there was more of an emphasis on creating an identity running the football uh, you could certainly argue that if you only have six pass attempts until the final to drive. So I guess that's really the only major change, but we continue to see a, a slower pace, which I didn't have a problem with. Again, you're playing to your strengths and wanting to keep the time of possession for Ole Miss down. You wanted to keep your offense on the field, but you still continue to see the constant rotation with quarterbacks. Robbie Ashford technically started the game, although if you ask Hugh Freeze, I believe he would continue to say Peyton Thorne's a starter. But that was why I think Robbie Asher started because they were trying to establish a little bit more of a running game, maybe trying to get some explosives in, in the running game. So they went out with Robbie to start the game, which I had no problem with. But then, again, you saw the consistent shuffling. You saw Robbie Asher make a really poor throw and uh, that led to an interception in this game. Harvard had the chance to be up 17-14 to 14 at half, if you think about it. And then Robbie Asher... Made that poor poor decision, took uh, turned the ball over, and Auburn wasn't able to get into even field goal range to go up 17-14. Don't know how much of a difference that would have made because at the end of the day, you've got to be able to score touchdowns, and just Auburn was not able to do that. And and even when you have a a good rushing attack that like Auburn has, when you have absolutely when you're absolutely no threat to throw the football, it hurts and, and it makes makes things challenging for your strength of your team being able to run the football. So I really don't have much to add based on what I said last week about this offense. It is not good. It is uh, really, really poor. And I don't know where where they go from here again. I'm not getting paid enough to, to make those decisions. But as, but as you're fussing about the quarterback play, I've got some audio I'm about to play here from Hugh Freeze. I'm not sure that that's going to change. Let's hear what Hugh Freeze had to say after the game on the Auburn quarterback situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that had anything to do with the outcome of the game. You know, I think they both had a really good package and they both worked at times. And, um, but um, I mean, it'd be nice to have have one for sure. But we're searching to see, you know, what is the best avenue for us to go to win. And I still think, you know, that um, that Robbie should have a package and um you know i felt good about both of these packages tonight and i think they both worked at times but it was the it was when you get into the third down area we don't convert so based on what hugh freeze said there it doesn't seem like much is going to change and again that is that is his call it's something he has to live with he, he has said they pretty much like the game plan every single week. I, I guess you, you should going into a game. You always should. You should always be confident in your game plan. And maybe it was a good game plan. But yet again, it, it was not a game plan this offense was able to execute. And that's a problem. You At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you think things are set up. If your team cannot execute it, it does not matter. So look, I, I am not... 
I'm not a fan of the the rotation as I think most Auburn fans are. I have no problem with still playing Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne. It's the way the rotations are are going about that that just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Looking, you know, as a fan from from the outside. So will they limit that? Will they go back to just more basic packages for Robbie? Will Robbie just become the guy? I don't know. I doubt it. I think Peyton will will see more Peyton Thorne this next week against Mississippi State. I do think there's a solid chance that we will see more tempo. I didn't pull that audio from Hugh Freeze, but for two weeks in a row now, he has talked about, well, if it's if it's not changing anything for us that we're playing slower and still not winning, then maybe we do need to go tempo. I think there's a good chance you'll see that this week against Mississippi State. But to to summarize kind of the offense, at the end of the day, there's got to be a floor. Like, yes, this team is not extremely talented. We get that. The mix with the wide receivers, the offensive line, the quarterbacks, it's just not a good formula to have success throwing the football. But, there should be a level. Like, we're, we're talking, this is going down as one of the worst offenses in the history of Auburn football, and we've had some really, really bad ones these last two years, a couple in the Gus Malzahn era, think back to 2012. There, there's no reason for that. You did The transfer portal does exist, so Hugh Freeze has to take some blame for either not scheming and calling plays at a high enough level. You know, I know, you know, so he has to take the blame for Philip Montgomery. He has to take the blame for not getting some better players to help this offense in the transfer portal this this past offseason. Because the offense, there's no excuse for it to be as bad as it is. I, again, I'm not expecting it to be at the level of a top offense in the country, but it should be at an average level. I believe that's fair to expect for an offensive-minded head coach, even in his first season, and it's not there. So there's no excuse for that. They've got to continue to search for answers, as coaching staff does, to try to figure out if there is a a way to to um, bring some life again. Because there are there there are not many playmakers on this offense side of the ball. I get that, but there's enough to play better. Than they've been playing, and I think Hugh Freeze admitted that in his post-game press conference. Here's uh, Freeze after the game. Yeah, disappointing. I, I think uh, our kids uh, played hard, and um, just to feel like that we've got to coach them better, and it starts with me again. Um, we, uh, you know, irregardless of of whether you, you know, you may be the most talented team on a certain night. You certainly can be well coached in critical areas and critical downs, and um, the margin for us between winning and losing right now is so small that you can't mess those up. And and obviously, um, you know, I, I've got to do a better job to to make sure we don't make those mistakes in those areas. So I appreciate, as always, Hugh Freeze's honesty. He's exactly right. He he's got to do a better job. No matter, no matter the talent level, there are some things that are just uh, inexcusable for, for, for what you say. And I'd say the offense has reached that level even in year one. And again, that, that I'm not trying to be t- too harsh on, on Hugh Freeze and understanding the situation he, he is in. Don't take me wrong. I, I still have a ton of confidence in the program that he is building, and I'll talk more about that later on in the show. But the offense needs to be better. 
this was a, a winnable game, and that's what is, I think, frustrating. It should be frustrating for Auburn fans and Auburn staff. Whenever Auburn's in Jordan-Hare Stadium, they've got a chance. And when I, going back to my season kind of preview of this team, I Old Miss was a game that you know I listed as a toss-up, and those are kind of would determine way this way this team went this season. You lost that one. That's why it's called a toss-up. You had had your opportunities and just weren't able to play at a high enough level uh, to to win the game. So we'll see how how Auburn responds moving forward, and we'll jump into the Mississippi State preview. When we return here on Talking Timbers on Weagle 91.1, again, I appreciate everyone being tuned in today. We've got plenty to discuss moving forward. We will talk more about where this uh, team is overall, what in the mood of the fan base is as well later on the show. When we return, we'll dive into So Auburn will take on Mississippi State this weekend in Jordan-Hare Stadium in a battle of some of the bottom dwellers of the SEC and the SEC West here. Mississippi State, though, does have an SEC win, whereas Auburn so far does not. The Bulldogs are 4-3 and three on the season. They're coming off of a, get this if you didn't watch it, 7-3 win over Arkansas. That was the lowest point total in a win in the SEC since, well, when Auburn beat Mississippi State 3-2 back in 2000, and I believe uh, 8 or 9 there. That that I, iconic game there in, during the Tommy Tuberville era. I was just a, a little kid then, so don't really have a memory of that game. But I, it has been talked about plenty during my lifetime. And well, quite frankly, it, it wouldn't be hard to imagine a similar outcome this weekend in Jordan-Hare Stadium with both teams offensively really struggling. Starting, though, let's talk a little bit about Mississippi State. Zach Arnett has taken over as head coach, their defense coordinator last year. Of course, with the passing of Mike Leach, Arnett rolled over into the head coaching role. They moved away from the air raid offensively, and their offense has struggled this season. That's part of it. Whenever you're shifting offensive styles and, and you've got, you recruit a certain way for certain offenses, and so they've still got air raid players in there, air raid-based offensive linemen but they're starting to run more of a spread system now. It, it makes it it makes it challenging. So they're, they're, this is kind of a, a, a transition year, if you will, for them offensively. The shame of the matter is they've got an excellent quarterback in Will Rogers, who has not had a great year in his final year playing for Mississippi State because of the changes. Now, he is banged up, and that is something to keep an eye on. He did not play this past weekend at Arkansas We'll see if, if if he is able to go this weekend against Auburn. Uh, transfer quarterback Mike Wright from Vanderbilt started for the Bulldogs this weekend, and he led him to a victory. <laughs> like I said, a 7-3 victory, but a victory nonetheless. He was 8-for-12, passing with 85 yards, so very similar to Auburn. They just went with a, we're going to run the football, and uh, so be it. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, he he did rush for 60 yards. He is a athletic QB, someone you have to keep an eye on in the uh, passing game. Uh, so I mean, in the running game with the uh, with RPOs and re, uh, read options and just his ability to scramble. Their defense is their their stronger part of their team. They're not strong in their secondary, but the run defense is solid. 
again, not great for Auburn. You rather that be flipped with the with the strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness that you that I, I've talked about before. They're 36th in the country in opponents' yards per rush. That's a a pretty solid mark for a team that's overall not very good. For them to have a pretty solid rush defense is a good stat for them. Their key players, as I already mentioned, Will Rogers, if he's able to go, still a great quarterback. As I know it's been a tough year for him, but he is still very talented, can make a lot of things happen for this team. He is uh, their un- unquestionable uh, leader of this Rebels squad, uh, excuse me, Bulldogs squad. And then you've got uh, running back Jaquavius Marks, also been there a while, phenomenal running back in both receiving and rushing. He also got a little bit banged up in this game against Arkansas. I would expect him to play. I do not think, though, he is at 100%. So we'll see how he looks. But he he is, I believe, the best player for Mississippi State offensively because of what he can do in passing game and rushing. Then Tulu Griffin, their best receiver, uh, almost uh, left Mississippi State, came back, and uh, he, he is someone you'll have to watch there. As for their defense, their linebackers are very, very good. Nathaniel Watson is having a huge year. He had two sacks against Arkansas. Jet Johnson, their other linebacker, also having a big year, racking up a lot of tackles. If you have a good rush defense, a lot of times that means you're you're good up front, yes, but also you've got linebackers that are doing a good job getting down, downhill and making plays. Nathaniel Watson actually is from uh, North Alabama, I believe, but He's playing for Mississippi State and, and having a, a great year. So what are the keys to this game? Well, let's talk about this Auburn offense first because that is, that where else do you begin? This game probably going to be ugly. I, I, I can't imagine it going any other way than, than being a slugfest, being a low-scoring game. So where can Auburn find success offensively? That's the big question, and I don't have the answer to it. I, I'm I'm asking that kind of rhetorically because I don't know. That is for Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze to try to figure out if they can they can have any success. Will there be any improvement offensively? I certainly hope so. I, I don't see how it can get any worse. I will say overall, uh, based on the stats, Mississippi State's defense is less or worse than Ole Miss's defense. Uh, we'll see if that rings true though. On Saturday, will anything look different? I already mentioned this in the first segment. Will Hugh Freeze go up tempo more? What will the quarterback rotation look like? Those are those are the 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 things that this Auburn coaching staff has to figure out this weekend. And if those things do change, how does that work out? Does it affect you defensively? There's a lot of unknowns, but I don't see the the harm in, in trying at this point. You've got to try something else offensively to create a spark. Because right now, things are completely dead. And I thought it was um, neat what Rivaldo Fairweather said after the game. He, he said, we're going to get this right. He, he, you know, he went over to every defensive player and uh, told them they were going to get this right. It's tough, man. In team sports, it, it, the chemistry is so important. And, and I think this, this, this Auburn football team does have that and does have a good culture, and I have to give credit to Hugh Freeze for that because that was certainly not the case last season under Brian Harson. But but you feel you feel for your teammates, and you, you feel a load on your shoulders when 
one side of the ball is delivering and the other side is not, and you're on the side that's not. Uh, you know, just from my limited experience playing playing team sports and especially playing football is different than than others where it's individually more based, even though it's a team sport. It's a collective offense and defense in football. And so when you're not scoring points and you know your defense is going out there and they're playing really well against a very good offense like it was the case against Ole Miss, you feel that. And, and so it can create some divide in a team. So it's important that that doesn't happen for Auburn. And it's important that they give their, their defense a boost by scoring some points this weekend and uh, because it can, it can start to affect the defense. It can get them down. Luckily for Auburn, it really hasn't this year. But it can, it can affect you uh, psychologically if your offense can't score points and defense having to continue to go out there and, and their, their ability to continue uh, to perform at a high level can decrease. So we'll see what happens. I certainly hope that Auburn's able to find a spark. And sticking with the, with the offense, no matter what happens in the passing game, Auburn's got to still be able to run the football. Uh, that that at least has to be consistent. It has been consistent. Jarquez Hunter had a big run uh, on Saturday. Maybe that can get him going even more leading up to this week. He was just shy of 100 yards rushing. He had that big over 50-something yard touchdown run, which was really good to see because we haven't really seen a big explosive run from any Auburn running back yet this season. So that was that was good for, for Jarquez, and hopefully that's something he can build on it's tough, as I mentioned, when you have absolutely no threat of a passing game. But what's going to what's going to hold is Mississippi State's rush defense or is Auburn's running uh, rushing offense? If Auburn can average around four yards per carry uh, running the football, that's going to be big because we know the passing game is going to be a question mark. So what you do well, you've got to continue to do well. And for Auburn, that's running the football going to be very key again. Can Auburn take advantage of Mississippi State's secondary? I doubt it, but but I, I needed to list it as, as a key again. Against previous week secondaries like LSU a couple weeks ago, Auburn wasn't able to exploit that. I doubt they're going to be able to this weekend, but it's something to keep an eye on. Something that does concern me is holding up against this pass rush. Mississippi State ha- had four sacks last week against Arkansas. They're 106 in opponents' pass yards per game. That goes more back to their secondary, though, not their pass rush. So even when Auburn may try to take some shots this weekend, I'm not sure that they'll be able to, if they'll be able to protect Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, whoever's back there long enough to succeed. And that's where it goes back to the point of it's a mix. It's not one person, not just the quarterback, not just the receivers. It's not just the offensive line. It's the mix. The offense line has been solid in run blocking, have not been great pass protection. So it's tough. Although I will say I thought for the most part the offensive line was better in pass protection this week than they've been in, in previous weeks. Uh, important note to go ahead and make here while, while I'm on the offense. Connor Luce stepped in at center this week after Avery Jones went down with an injury. If you remember, he's someone I talked about all the way back last spring when he signed with Auburn on uh, and signing day, I talked about him in the preseason. He absolutely has a bright future with Auburn. I have all the confidence in the world if Avery Jones cannot go again this week at center for Auburn that Connor Lou will play and play at a high level. He was tremendous when he came in this week. Super, super excited about his, his future. 
he is going to be an All-American offensive lineman. That, that, that's how confident I am in him before his Auburn career is over. So they just wanted to add that, that side note in there. So we'll see if Auburn's able to take advantage of this Mississippi State secondary, if they're able to find anything in the passing game. No matter who's at quarterback for Mississippi State in this game, Auburn's defense has to stop the run. If they do that, they're going to be in a good spot defensively and to win the game because Mississippi State's passing attack, really, really poor, just like Auburn, even with Will Rogers back there. It'll be better if Rogers is, is, is at quarterback, but stop the run. That is still the, the emphasis of this Mississippi State offense this season. Again, odd to say because of Mike Leach, but the way that this team is built this season in Starkville, that's their strength is running the football. Good news for Auburn. This Auburn defense has been very, very good against the run. If they can continue that, should be in a good spot. Austin Keys came back this week for Auburn, which was a little bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting him back this week. He didn't play a ton, but did play some. That's big for that uh, Auburn linebacker group. Defensive line got a little bit banged up. We'll see what, what they're looking like this week uh, this weekend, but certainly need those guys up front against this Mississippi State team. And then finally, it's going to be an ugly game. I, I don't see it being in any other fashion. These are two bad teams. There, there's no, no other way to say it. it it's just where, where Auburn is at. It, it frustrates me that, that Auburn is still down here with the bottom dwellers, but that's where you have to remember this is year one. It's going to take some time. So it, it is going to be an ugly game, so the little things matter even more. Meaning, field position penalties, and turnovers. Those things always matter, but when it is probably going to be a low-scoring game, when it's going to be a tight game, where where can you set yourself up offensively to have a short field? Can You, you can't go behind the chains, so a holding penalties, false starts, anything that pushes you back and makes first downs longer than 10 yards, it, it, it makes it extremely difficult. You saw... I mean, Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery having no confidence to throw the ball. If it was like you saw them running the ball in third and six, like they felt honestly they had a better chance of getting a first down by running the ball on third and six and throwing it. it it's sad that that's where the offense is, but that's where it's at. And so that's why little things are going to matter in this game. If you're able to turn the ball over, uh, able to create turnovers, put your offense on a short field. Or, but vice versa, if the offense turns it over, gives Mississippi State a short field, those things are going to be crucial as always, but even more so, I believe, this week for this Auburn team. So, I'll give a prediction in the next segment, but it is going to be a, a tight one, I think, this week for, for Auburn and Jordan-Hare. Those are kind of the keys as I see them. I was right on my keys defensively last week, so I mentioned at the start of the show that I was frustrated with being wrong, but I was right on my keys, so hopefully I'll be I'll be right again. These are you know, I don't think these are you know, mind blowing or hard to come up with when you look at these two teams. If you if you know what each team is about, it's pretty obvious what's going to determine this game and, and the questions that you might have for both teams because both teams are, are very poor offensively. So we'll see but we'll go ahead and head to our second break here. Again, thank you all for, for being tuned in to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. When we return, we will dive into the state of the Tigers. What is your feeling 
on Auburn football and where do things stand right now. Stay tuned. Disposal. So I put out a question on social media yesterday. Just asked, what are your feelings on Auburn football? So really open-ended. I wasn't looking for anything necessary specifically. I just wanted to, to hear hear kind of the kind of the thoughts of the fan base trying to fill out and that's what this new segment is about it's called state of the tigers so this i'm not sure i'll do the segment every single week but i want to do it at least some every now and again just to kind of get the feel of the fan base as well as where i i believe kind of things stand with the program and i'll do this for basketball as well and uh, baseball and all that in the spring so it's kind of a mix of what is the feeling of the fan base, and where is the program at? So it, it's kind of a tell uh, of two stories here. Um, but I put that question out because I wanted to see what the fan base was feeling. Of course, I know what, I, what I'm feeling. I share that with you on a regular basis each and every week. But I wanted to know more of your thoughts. And then I reached out to some people more specifically. And honestly, I was surprised by the reaction I got. It was it was more positive than than I was anticipating, and I, I was honestly glad to to hear that, to see that. Uh, have one response that said Auburn uh, still going to finish eight and four. I'd say that's a little bold. That means Auburn wins out. It's possible, yes. And I'll talk about the schedule here in just a second. But maybe that's a little bold. But for the most part, people said nothing has really changed my view on Hugh Freeze or my view on this program, and that's where I've been. I, no, nothing this season ha, has changed my my thoughts on, on, on Hugh Freeze or this program, and it shouldn't. Again, as bad as this offense has been, and as inexcusable as it's been, as I talked about earlier, it still shouldn't change your view, I don't believe, on Hugh Freeze. I know that's not the case for everyone. Fan base has every right and should be frustrated with the ineptitude of the offense and the seemingly minimal changes that have been made, but there should be a level to to where you go with that. Don't take it any, any further than, than that. Don't try to make determinations on whether Hugh Freeze will be successful at Auburn long-term or not based on uh, the results that, that you're seeing so far offensively. But I know there are some fans out there that have uh, made some determinations on, on Hugh Freeze, and, and I would say that's not fair after after just a, not even through the first full full season. The question, though, that, that I would like to ask for the, the fan base is would you feel differently if this Auburn team was 0-4 in these last four games, but they were losing because no one, because they couldn't stop anyone? I think the question is yes. Like, yes, the Auburn fan base would still be frustrated that went 0-4 at, in any stretch. I, I, I don't doubt that. But because Hugh Freeze is an offensive coach, if Auburn were losing games 42-28 to and the offense was clicking pretty, pretty well, which is kind of what we expected going into the season, and I, I was one of those that, that kind of thought the offense would be pretty solid, the defense would, be, would, would struggle, and so that would kind of be the kryptonite for this team. It's been the inverse of that. But I certainly think the talk would not be as negative around uh, Auburn this season and the way things have gone if you had a good offense. Look, offense sells tickets. Uh, as the saying goes, offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships. Hugh Freeze being an offensive head, uh, head coach, 
you 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 expect offense to be better, and the fact that Auburn's offense has been bad now for for multiple seasons, dating back to the Gus Malzahn era. So that 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 plays into it. Auburn fans are hungry; they're ready for a competent offense yet again. That is not that has not occurred, and so I do think fans will feel differently if you were scoring points because you'd be like, okay, at least we're scoring, at least we're we've got a good offense again. We'll we'll get the defense turned around. And I'm not, I'm not sure that's fair to to Hugh Freeze that uh, even if even though he's an offensive head coach to to have to react differently to if you were successfully successful offensively and poor defensively because nonetheless you're still losing so that doesn't change anything so I'm not sure that would be fair but I'm not saying I wouldn't feel the same way if that were the if that were the case and maybe maybe you wouldn't maybe you would you wouldn't feel differently. If Auburn's offense was better, but the defense was the was the issue, unlike the this season is. But I thought that would be an interesting question to kind of debate and to talk about because I really do believe that the fan base would feel differently uh, if that were the case. As for this season, the good news is the next four games are absolutely winnable. I just mentioned the the person that responded with Auburn. And it's going to finish eight and four. That would include winning the Iron Bowl, which is also a winnable game because it is in Jordan Hare. Any game that's in Jordan Hare is a winnable game. These next three games are games. Two out of the three, I would say, should be won. Mississippi State should be won. Vanderbilt should be won. Arkansas. Yes, I know they only have two wins. Yes, I know they just only scored three points on Mississippi State. They just fired their offensive coordinator. I still don't like that game, and I'll talk more about it when that week comes up. So I'm not putting that in a should be one type of game. So now I, I you know, I'm sticking by my seven and five prediction. Can't change it at this point. That's what I had Auburn predicted. That means they need to win either four out of the five. You know, beat Arkansas, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, Mississippi State this weekend, and lose the Iron Bowl, or drop one to someone in there like. In Arkansas and win the Iron Bowl to get to seven and five. Uh, so, but the good news is though, Auburn should be favored, is favored this weekend for the first time in a while. Uh, probably will be favored next weekend against Vanderbilt. Might not be favored against Arkansas on the road uh, in a couple weeks there. But that's the good news. This this team has gone through a tough stretch. They went through three games they should have lost, and they did. They had a game against Ole Miss, which was a toss up. Could have won it, did not win it. So the schedule, it was very much front-loaded for this Auburn team this year, and that's also not something you necessarily want in uh, year one. It's sure your schedule will be front-loaded like it was for Hugh Freeze, but as part of playing the SEC, it's not going to be easy. He knew that. So that also makes it, it, it emphasizes uh, your, your level of play, your mistakes a little bit more when you're playing against higher-level competition. Auburn's going to play teams that are at or below where they are talent-wise these next few weeks. Until the Iron Bowl, of course, and, and then Auburn will have to play at a at a high level. If Auburn wants to win the Iron Bowl, no matter the fact that it's in Jordan-Hare or not, they're going to have to find something, some identity offensively to have a chance to, to win that one, even in Jordan-Hare. And then I also wanted to just talk about, as I mentioned, this is I talked about the feelings of of the program as being a part of uh, feelings of the fans of being part of this segment, but also just kind of where the program is at. 
the program's still in a good spot. Yes, this season has not been pretty, and yes, it could get worse. But the program's still in a good spot. And what? And you may be asked, well, how's it in a good spot when, when the record is what it is right now? It's because what is what is going on on the outside? I know many don't follow recruiting very closely, but that's going very well. Auburn's in a really good spot right now with the guys they've got committed, as well as some guys that they are working on to, to get committed to them. There's a lot of positive energy, and Hugh Freeze and his staff have done a great job selling what they believe they can accomplish there. Although the proof of concept is not there on the field, they've done a good job selling it to the recruits of what is to come, they believe, for this program if they can get those players to come be a part of it. And then the support is there. The the, the money in IL is there. And the, the culture of the team, despite the record, is there. Those are important facets uh, of telling you it doesn't guarantee success for Hugh Freeze, but it does show that as of now, as of October, what is it, 23rd, that this Auburn, uh, 2023, this Auburn program is headed in in the right direction. Those are the signs that tell you where this program is at. And right now, despite the record on the field, the things that need to be done off the field and as part of just the, the wider culture and program as a whole, Auburn's in a good spot. And that's important to remember. When Auburn's struggling offensively, when you're, when you're ticked at Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery, that's the important part. Have some patience to remember where the program was at thanks to his predecessor and where he's trying to get it to again at this point. So that's just something to keep in mind. And with that, I did have a question that a friend asked me last week that I, I answered him then, but I said I'm going to use this in the show. It was an excellent question. And he asked where uh, where he thought Auburn would be uh, football program-wise his, his senior year, which would be year three of Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze's goal is to be able to compete for championships in his third season. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch just because of where this program is at right now. It's not going to be impossible. I do think Auburn can have a really good season by year three. I think that would be fair to expect a 9-3, 10-2 type of season in year three. But I'm not sure that to championship level. But with a 12-team playoff in year three, if you go 9-3, and 10-2, there's a solid chance with the way the SEC is going to be, that you'll, that you'll be in the 12-team playoffs. So maybe it's not a complete long shot. But that when, when I asked that question, that was what kind of came to my mind. Progress, as I steal this from one of my favorite college football podcasts, The Late Kick with Josh Pate, he, he says um, that I thought something great that I wanted to repeat. Progress isn't linear, meaning you love to see what Auburn goes seven and five this year, and then eight and four next year, and then nine and three the next. And you know that's not necessarily how it works. You may go six and six this year, then you may go nine and three, then you may go eight and four, and that that's not what you want to see as a fan. But it's just part of it, and that you just overall want to see that line moving up. It may have a dip here and there. You want to minimize the dip, and you want to see overall an upward trajectory. I think Auburn's headed in the right direction. They're just beginning to draw that line. Hugh Freeze is just beginning to start with this program. So I hope that you enjoyed that that segment there again. May not do it every week, but it just it's a good way to put things in perspective to get a feel for where where the fan base is at and where the program is at. 
uh, for Auburn. So it is something that I will continue to do for Auburn football and for the other sports as well. When we come back, we will predict the Auburn-Mississippi State game and some other predictions for around college football this weekend. So stay tuned to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91. All right, let's wrap up this show with some predictions. Let's start with Auburn and Mississippi State. Hopefully I can get back on track. I do think Auburn's going to win this game on Saturday. No, I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game to watch, but I do like Auburn to win this one. I do think it'll be around a a 20 to 10 type of game. Maybe Auburn's able to get three touchdowns, <laughs> but that 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 may be a little bit hard hard uh, in this one, but I do think the defense will continue to play well. This Mississippi State offense, whether it's Will Rogers or it's Mike Wright at quarterback, is not going to be very good. So as long as Auburn plays a clean game, I think the defense will continue to lead the way for the Tigers, and they'll get get the win on Saturday. Offensively, I do think you'll see a little bit more tempo. I think they've got to try something different and see if they can create some sort of spark. I think you'll see some minimal improvements. This is never going to be a good offense, but I do think you'll see a little bit of a change and hopefully for the better for Auburn. So I like Auburn over Mississippi State this weekend, and hopefully we can get back on track with the predictions. All right, diving into some others around college football this Saturday, starting with South Carolina at Texas A&M. Talking about uh, progress not being linear, Shane Beamer's first couple years with South Carolina have been really good. He had really outperformed expectations. Well, this year, brutal year for them. They may finish 3-9, and nine, quite honestly. They are a very bad team. They've got a very good quarterback in Spencer Rattler. It doesn't matter. They are, they are really poor around him, and they have really struggled this year. They'll head to College Station, which the pitchforks are out for Jimbo Fisher with three losses at this point. He absolutely cannot lose this game to South Carolina, or they will go ahead and fire him. There's no way around this one. South Carolina is not a good team. Texas A&M absolutely has to win this game, and I, I believe they will. Their talent is going to be going to far outweigh their deficiencies, and they'll be able to, to use that talent to simply uh, take care of South Carolina this weekend at home. So I like the Aggies. And then Georgia at Florida, of course, the neutral site game in Jacksonville, Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida, depending on what side of the rivalry you are on. Florida sitting at 5-2. and two. Really, they performed better than, than I expected. I, I expected improvement this year for them. Did not think they'd be sitting at 5-2, especially after their Week 1 loss to Utah. But here they are. Now they've got a chance against Georgia. Brock Bowers is out for a good while for Georgia, and that's going to be a big hit to their offense because they've struggled with finding other explosive players on that offensive side of the ball, especially at receiver. Brock Bowers was their most explosive offensive player. So can Carson Beck continue to have success without his top option to throw to? That's going to be a question mark. I think this is a, a dangerous game for Georgia because it's a rivalry game, because of the uh, injury to Bowers. How do they respond? Both teams coming off of a bye. Florida's defense is solid. They run the ball well, but can they run it against this Georgia front? I think it's going to be a close game. I still like Georgia to pull it out, but I think it could be closer than, than some might think this Saturday. 
And Tennessee at Kentucky, another SEC East rivalry. Tennessee coming off the loss to Alabama. Man, they were up big at half, and really just Bama came out and uh, dominated, quite frankly, in the second half of that one. Kentucky really has still yet to figure out anything offensively up there, too, which is surprising because of the quarterback they have in Devin Leary. They run the ball decently well. Tennessee runs the ball very well. So this game could be one that goes kind of quickly if both teams are staying with running the football. This could be a big win for Mark Stoops over Tennessee. Are they still dragging from the loss to Alabama? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they, they, they pick themselves up off the floor. They go and they're, they'll be ready for this Kentucky game and they'll get the win. But I don't have high confidence in that pick and in that game. I think it will it'll be a it'll be a tough, tough game for both teams in there, but I think Tennessee's run game and their defense, their defensive line will be able to stop Kentucky's run game. I'm not sure Kentucky can do the same to Tennessee's, so I like the Vols. Then Oregon at Utah. How about Utah knocking off USC yet again? Beat them twice last season, then they beat them again on Saturday night. Watch the end of that one when I got back from the Auburn game. That was an exciting finish. Oregon looking to continue to respond from their loss to Washington. Both teams, I believe Utah only has one loss as well, are still in it for the college football playoff, certainly still in it in the Pac-12 race. A lot on the line here. Utah's quarterback, Cam Rising, has not played all season, and he won't. He is out for the year officially now, but their backup quarterback, Bryson Barnes, played very well against USC. He'll face a tougher defense with Oregon and Dan Lanning. But I think Utah started to figure some things out. Uh, Kyle Winningham is an excellent coach. And they're going to play physical, tough defense. This is going to be a very tough game for Oregon. But I think Oregon gets it done on the road. It is not easy to win against Utah and the style that they play. But I think Oregon finds a way, and I think they're going to continue to find a way, and I believe they're going to win out the rest of this year and have a good shot at making the college football playoffs. So I'm sticking with the Ducks over Utah in this one this weekend. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's show. Thank you all for tuning in, whether you listened on podcasts or listened live. Certainly hope that Auburn gets back on track, gets a win, breaks his four-game losing streak against Mississippi State on Saturday. Next week, we will, of course, talk football as always, but I will also have my basketball season preview breakdown, so we'll spend a lot of time on basketball. So if you were ready to cash it in on on the football season, well, make sure you're tuned in next weekend because we will be talking about Auburn basketball, a lot of details until then, though, you can check out my article on WeGoFM.com. I was at SEC tip-off this past uh, Wednesday. I got to cover that. Uh, really fun that I got to do that. I got to write an article. Uh, you can read some comments from Bruce Pearl, from Jalen Williams, and Janai Broom kind of on their outlook for this season. And kind of a this is kind of a synopsis of what I will talk about uh, in more detail next Wednesday. So you can check that out. But thank you all again for listening, and I'll be back here next Monday. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Talking Tumors. 
and make sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 for another edition. Also, make sure to check out Weagle's 24-hour live stream on WeagleFM.com and follow us on social media at Weagle underscore AU. War Eagle, and see you next time.